Okay. At last there's nothing else at last there's nothing left to say by Matthew Good. First of all, I'm going to read the back and we're going to kind of pick things apart by reading the reviews and then using those as a jumping off point for my own review and how I want to talk about this this book. Uh, but before that, it is the same Matthew Good, the musician, the Canadian musician, um, Matt, Matt Good, Matthew Good Band. Um, I found this book in the basement of a used bookstore, and I was like, is this the same dude? And then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, he wrote a book in 2001, and this is, this is the book. Oh, okay, I guess it's the same, same dude. I didn't know he wrote books. I think this is the only one he's written, and um, that interested me uh, definitely a bit. And when I read the reviews, I was like, oh my, now I'm really hooked. The reviews are so poor, and the fact that they included them, I, I think, is part of the humor that this book can sometimes provide. Um, it also makes me question if the reviews were real, uh, because of some, some of these publications I've definitely heard of, and they've re re they have reviewed books, and I've seen the blurbs and everything else, and I don't think they could really get away with saying that they said something that they didn't say if it wasn't true. So I'm assuming they're real. Um, let's start. Let's start there. I'm going to read through all of them, and then we're going to use those as a jumping off point. <sighs> okay. Before I really get into it, I gave this book a two out of five stars on Goodreads. But it also helped me realize that almost any fiction book is worth reading to me, and I am going to elaborate on that at the very end because I feel like it was worth the read but it's also because it was fiction so National Book Review Weekly says complete crap from beginning to end literary journal thoroughly boring and extremely hard to follow at the best of times outlook does he kiss his mother with that mouth the lakeside independent extremely redundant and wandering the kind of book that makes you feel like you've wasted precious hours of your life for nothing the Book Monitors, Disjointed, Schizophrenic, and Downright Absurd. A damn fine example of why freedom of speech can be as harmful as it is empowering. Now, that's what the reviewers had to say. Um, as for the publication, I don't know if this, is written, this part was written by Matthew himself or um, just the, someone there at the publishing house, Insomniac Press, describing what the contents will be that you will find. A one-road town filled with an odd variety of introverts, extroverts, mindless shapes, and the cackling ghosts of ill confidence. This is the landscape of At Last There Is Nothing Left to Say, Matthew Good's debut book of stories. Taking the form of an artist's journal, Good's tales grind through dark, often violent places animated by voices warped by hallucination and flesh shaped by reality. From the ramblings of an opium-riddled adventurer to treatises on life from a mind rattled by the world, from the tragic end of a tea queen to a day in the life of a rock star, from the execution of the self by the other to pull between rules and freedom, this is a landscape located halfway between imagination and reality, a world that rocks between sleep and wakefulness, sanity and insanity, sobriety and inebriation, a must for the fans of Matt, a must for fans of the Matthew Good Band, at least at last, there is nothing left to say. Sure isn't Disneyland, but we'll take you for a ride. Matthew Good was born on June 29th, 1971, and will do what he is told. So that's the back. Picking that apart. Jumping off of this stuff. So, 
the description that they give of their product um, is pretty accurate, and I feel like some of the reviews are accurate as well. One thing I want to start off by saying is that it says it's a must for fans of the Matthew Good Band. This, uh, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. There's nothing really in here that relates to what I feel Matt Good expresses lyrically for the most part or conceptually what the band and his solo projects and stuff uh, express. I, this is so completely unrelated that there's just a weird selling point and it's just like, it's just weird and not accurate at all. Um, so there's that. Complete crap from beginning to end. I understand why the Na National Book Review Weekly said that, uh, but we'll kind of get into that because that overlaps with some other stuff. So does he kiss his mother with that mouth? I mean, the fact that it's got profanity in it, who cares? Like, absolutely, who cares? So, stupid review. Thoroughly boring and extremely hard to follow at the best of times. We're going to get back to that because the last two, uh, extremely redundant and wandering. <sighs> the last one. Disjointed, schizophrenic, and downright absurd. A damn fine example of why freedom of speech can be as harmful as it is empowering. I don't think there's anything in here that makes me feel like, oh no, like he shouldn't have said that, or that's going to enable someone the wrong way, or the thing about the freedom of speech thing is really dumb. Um, it's, there's no harmful material in here. There's nothing um, preaching hate or encouraging like hate crimes or whatever. Uh, that's, that's really dumb. Disjointed and schizophrenic? Absolutely. Downright absurd? Absolutely. Um, the book in itself is formatted differently as well. So in the publication's kind of uh, blurb, they talk about it being, um, you know, taking the form of an artist's journal, which I kind of understand, because um, it's just a lot of what seems to be run-on... Uh, flowing, man, what is the term I'm trying to grasp at here? Um, stream of consciousness is what it feels like a lot of the time. And it says there's treatises on, uh, oh, what does it say here? Uh, like treatises on life or something of that nature. Yeah, so, uh, ramblings, opium-riddled adventure, treatises on life, um, and then there's, you know, stories. So, it's kind of formatted where there's a main body of text, and then in the margins, the very wide margins, there's different text that has a different story or rambling or rant or something, and so that makes it hard to, like, I mean, you put a bookmark in it, and you're like, wait, which thing was I reading? So you got to keep track of what you read last, um, if it was the margin stuff or the main body text stuff. So it gives you options of different ways to read that. There's, like, little photos included every once in a while that are just, I think they're weird because they're, like, they don't really add to the stories that much. Um, and they're not really just taking up, I mean, they're... It's just a waste of, of ink, is what it feels like, because it's not like it's trying to... They're in the margins already, they're not pushing the margins. So, I don't know, it's weird. Um, uh, yeah. So, back to the disjointed and schizophrenic and downright absurd. 
the stories in here are rooted in reality in the fact that they um, that they are not fantastical enough to be like on a different planet or whatever that the laws of physics and stuff of Earth generally apply and they're I believe all based on Earth and there's no like fantasy land or a different universe that we have to deal with it's like the reality that we know or we feel exists and, and we experience is also being represented here, but it gets absurd and goes into the nonsensical often. Um, when it talks about being disjointed and schizophrenic, uh, yeah, I feel like the only thing holding this collection together, the common thread is the absurdity. The fact that these things, for the most part, are just really absurd. Um, a lot of senseless violence, a lot of random lists of things, it's like, what would I, if I could have anything I wanted, and then it just lists like random things about wanting to be on an island with the cheerleaders of the Dallas Cowboys, and also wanting like a huge slingshot or something, just like weird stuff that's just meant to be like somewhat humorous, I guess, or just, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of elements of, uh, when it talks about being, again, schizophrenic and disjointed, I'm trying to like pull that out, and uh, some of these stories, we just talked about the main body, so the main body and the margins are pretty different in the fact that the margins don't really tell stories that much, it's more of just like, Here's a list of things that I'd like, or here's, um, like, I guess kind of, there's more philosophical stuff, um, coming from, coming from the author, coming from Matt Good. Sometimes it's like direct advice, like never let anyone tell you this, or always do this thing, or whatever, and sometimes those things are so out of place. Because it's like, but we were just talking about really absurd stuff, and now you're giving me, like, really great advice out of nowhere? Those times are few and far between. Because um, then there's stuff like, Invaluable Inventions of the 20th Century, numbers 49 through 86. Etch-a-Sketch. The Slip-In Slide. Uh, total Control. Television. Television Trays. Television Dinners. Light Bright. Like, there's just, like, a list of stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's just weird. The stories also, again, the common thread is just that they're super offbeat. Um, there's a lot of random acts of violence that... It's kind of like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm on... I don't know what drug. But it's ramped up so much with the amount of coincidences that lead to things, except those things really aren't funny. And they're not treated as tragic. They're really treated as matter-of-fact. But those things are usually violent and aggressive and not good things but all these coincidences happen that lead up to some weird nonsense about how someone died and it led to this person getting into this situation and that situation and then like it's just a mess uh it's just it's just a huge mess um the redundant extremely redundant and wandering i, I feel like it's not redundant 
However, <sighs> some of the stories I could have done without. The longest one is the last one, and it's 19 pages long, and it gets very tedious. So when they talk about thoroughly boring and extremely hard to follow, it's not hard to follow. I mean, what's happening is pretty simple, It's, but it's also like, what? Why are you adding this in there? Like, the last one was the most tedious because it was the longest, and it also was like adding in so many elements that were just needless. Random, you, it would just build and build upon one absurd thing after another. One absurd, crazy, coincidental situation that led to one, and then led to another, and led to another, and then introducing new characters, and then giving them a background that we didn't need for like two pages, and then the thing happens, and it's just like, I mean, it's not... Boring, it, it, it's... It was a slog to get through some of the stories, the last one the most, because it was long, and like I said, it was a, it was a difficult read in the sense that it's not like I didn't know what was going on, but I was like, why are you doing this? What, like, I'm waiting for the payoff, is the thing. I'm like, what? And, and sometimes it doesn't feel like there is a payoff. It's, you know, just like, okay, that's, that's that. It was just weird, and it ends on like this weird cliffhanger, and it's just weird. I feel like there's one story in here, which is probably one of the most interesting, which is not that absurd or unrealistic at all. And it makes me wonder if <laughs> almost everything in here was written just to frame around this one thing that he wanted to tell, but because everything else is so absurd, it would mask this true story that maybe he was involved in because it's a tragic story but it's not treated the, it doesn't feel like it's written or treated the same way as these other ones which are more like stream of consciousness random whatever while he's on who knows what drugs or or whatever or possibly he's super sober and just i don't know it it, it seems like a to borrow a line from donald glover a homeless person's fever dream um it's it's really just a lot of nonsense that's put together into a story and then there's like random shining moments of really great advice that might take up a couple sentences and then that's it um some of the stories though get one thinking about mortality like um get one thinking about the human condition and even though we know that these things generally wouldn't happen the way they're happening, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> I'm going to sneeze. So generally we know that these things aren't going to happen the way that they're happening in here. Um, but it doesn't excuse, like I said, they're not, I don't know how to, you can't pin it on a monster or, uh, or whatever else. It's like, no, these are humans in you know, whatever Earth and, or on, on Earth in the world that exists, again, with the same laws of physics and, and things seem to apply, and so it hits a little closer to home, but it's also like, what is going on? It's, it's, like I said, parts are difficult because of, of how absurd things get. The reason why, okay, so first, first of all, why well, I'm saying first of all, like 15 minutes in or however long it's been, this is a studio book for me. 
I brought her to the studio and I knew very quickly that that was the right move because things are very short, they're absurd, they sometimes take a lot out of me just to read if it's too, like, when I read a short story, like let's say a collection of Stephen King short stories, I generally like to just not read more than one in a day. I just like to have that one and just kind of sit with it for a bit and then maybe move on to another story the next day. Um, for different reasons than this, because with this, it's just like, it's like, hey, I guess that was a thing. And I like, like I said, sometimes there's like nuggets of wisdom spread throughout, but they're hard to find. Um, other times it's just very, sometimes I'm left with why, what, what was, what? Like sometimes I'm just left with, I don't know what the purpose of that was. And therefore I could understand why someone said that um, it, it makes you feel like you wasted, wasted precious hours of your life for nothing. Um, so I'll, I guess let's get to that. Because it's really hard to describe the kind of stories you're going to find in here. More so than I've described them without just like reading one to you or something. And then it's just... Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's interesting. It's definitely, like, that's the thing, with that word boring, someone describing it as boring, it's hard to read sometimes. It does, it's not a, ta a page turner all the time, but sometimes it is because you're just, like, wanting to know where it's going to go, if you're going to get the payoff. Um, yeah. Uh, so is it a waste of time? This is the book that made me realize that fiction isn't a waste of time, probably ever. Um, there are better books than other ones. I feel like I could have invested those hours into a different book. It probably got way more out of it. I wouldn't have known that until I read the book, though. So, I mean, I could have read, like, three or two stories or something and been like, uh, yeah, this is just, I'm not getting enough out of this. I could have done that, but that's just not me. I just don't really do that. I felt like I needed to complete it, and I did. I'm glad that I did, despite the fact that, yeah, I gave it two out of five stars. It's not a very... It's not something I would recommend to people unless you... It's like a, it's a coffee table book. It's not something... That's the thing. I started reading it more and more and more and more because I wanted to get it over with, rather than just not finish it because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to find in here. And there's a lot of things that, like I said, they make me reflect on the human condition. They um, make me reflect on mortality and human behavior and... Why am I feeling this way? Why did he write that? Why, if that were to happen, what would make someone do these things? Sometimes there's humor, there's dark humor in there sometimes. I think most likely he feels like the whole thing is humorous. That's just me just throwing that into the world because I don't know why else he would write the things he wrote. But it's not funny a lot of the time. It's just... Inexperience. Like it said, it's not Disneyland, but it'll take you for a ride. It does. Sometimes that ride is not super fun or exciting, but it's a ride. Um, I don't feel like I wasted my time. Yeah, that's what I was getting to, the fiction thing. I was thinking that if, if it's nonfiction, um, there's some nonfiction I really like, like biographies. But there are so many nonfiction books that could revolve, revolve around like a certain species of animal or plant or fauna or something or an organism that get really scientific and whatever. And I feel like I can't just pick one of those up and be guaranteed to get something out of it. 
But this book made me realize that I could probably pick anything up that's fiction and I could get something out of it. Because the author leaves so much of themselves in the book. The author leaves an incredible amount of themselves in the book of fiction, even if they're telling a story that's whatever, like stories have to have certain elements in them to be a thing. And I think this plays those conventions of like conflict and resolution and themes and concepts uh, definitely plays with formats of things. And some of the, yeah, some of the things are playing with, again, conventions that we think of when we read books and it's like, okay, that was a thing. He, he definitely just does a lot of things, I think, to mess with the reader. Um, like I said, I think you'd probably find almost the whole thing humorous, whereas I find dark humor in some places, and that was fun. Um, <laughs> it's really hard for me to like to say, like, oh, I, I would tell people to read this if. Again, it, to me, it's like a coffee table book. It's something you can pick up, read a little bit of, and be like, what? And I had it in the studio because I thought, maybe this will make me feel weird, and that will transfer into art. And I don't know if it really did its job that way, honestly. Because um, sometimes I just felt like that didn't give me enough of whatever would inspire me to create. It just made me feel off and weird. And that's not a that doesn't mean that a book is bad. If it makes you do that, that could be really great. Often weird means that you have to reflect on being that way. So if you ever see that book, at least now you kind of know what what's up. Uh, you might obviously enjoy it more than I did. Um, it's something. It's something else. Uh, t you know, I, I have a Goodreads review that's more framed as a review and I guess I could copy and paste that in the description so why don't I do that um yeah I haven't done a review for a long time and it was really difficult to try and review that book because it's a difficult book to read and reflect on and digest and everything else so uh if you read it good luck I'd like to hear your thoughts if you have read it because I'm curious as to what other people got out of it really curious with that, we'll see you on another time.